Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of No Script, No Problem on Believe, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe it's going to be back? I apologize for not doing an episode last week, but after the Cincinnati Bengals lost that heartbreaker to the Chiefs, I just, you know, I had to take a week off and, you know, mourn the loss, but... Now the Super Bowl's over, so we're back to business, folks. Today, we're going to be talking about a wonderful little independent film called Hannah Haha. It is a small-town coming-of-age tale about a young woman's life that gets shaken up when her big brother pays her a visit and kind of rips her world apart. I'll be speaking with the star of the film, Hannah Lee Thompson, as well as the writers and directors, Jordan Tatuski and Josh Pekowski. They're going to be telling us all about how they took a short of Hannah Haha and turned it into a feature. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Here we go. All right. We're talking about Hannah Haha. I've got the writers and directors. I've got Josh Pekowski and Jordan Tatuski, and I got the star, Hannah Lee Thompson. This is a great indie film. It like hits you in the heart, makes you think which is like the perfect indie film. Jordan, Josh, let's talk about kind of just how this project came to be. I start with a small town story about, you know, this girl named Hannah. Talk to me a little bit about the genesis of the project. We wanted to make a, our, you know, like our, our first feature and we wanted to sort of write it for what we liked and had access to. So I've been wanting to work with Hannah for 10 years in this capacity. Josh and I have been working on scripts for the last 10 years or so, and also have made a bunch of shorts. One of those shorts starred Hannah, and that was sort of the uh, prototype of our workflow. It was successful. We had a lot of fun on that short film, and then we decided to sort of make our low-budget feature. And, and I think, uh, Jordan, I, I feel like a lot of our writing, it kind of varies, but there's like, you know, we've always kind of been drawn to the small town thing because we grew up in a small town, Massachusetts, and so I think when we were thinking about like, you know, we just wrapped this short with Hannah in March, really had a great time making it, loved working with Hannah. It just, uh, it just felt really like everything felt right. So we just thought, why don't we just really quickly write a script and just actually do it, pull the trigger, make a feature this summer in a couple of months. And uh, it felt like the most natural intuitive instinct was just to write about what we knew, which was just kind of like growing up in a small town like that. And, and uh, you know, writing for Hannah, everything kind of just, it sort of emerged naturally. Yeah, I mean, I Jordan has a very distinctive way about him and everything he does is interesting. You just kind of never know what you're getting yourself into. And I think he also brings like a very special group of people together. That's another strength of his. So I knew it was going to be, you know, a good and fulfilling experience and as as Josh said, we had a great time making the short and it was during the pandemic. So there really wasn't much else to do at the time. And it was just kind of a like, yeah, let's go for it. And then it went well. And we sort of said that twice in a row with the going on to do the feature. One of the things that I think every good indie film does is it has that relatability, you know, and in Hannah's character, it's that I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with my life. Did that come from a, a personal experience or was that something that you guys maybe uh, it's, it's something you've heard about, you know, obviously with 
you know, the economy or something like that. Where did, where did that kind of inspiration in terms of the script, where did that come from? We're, we're definitely surrounded by, you know, a lot of people that are finding their way and just sort of trying to figure out what's uh, important to them. So that that's definitely, you know, like we, we wanted to have something that would be almost a proxy for, you know, like what, what our generational struggles are. I, I think, you know, Josh, uh, I don't know if you agree with this, but I, I certainly feel like that's, you know, in the art scene, something that, you know, we're surrounded by, but we didn't want it to be like boxed into just being about like an artist struggling. Like we wanted to tell a story of, you know, like that I think a lot of people who are, are probably going through. Yeah. I think it's very consciously not about like an artist in that it is about someone who like has, you know, creative impulses. Like we see her do creative things, but it's very consciously about, um, because, you know, like that sort of experience is pretty like niche and limited, but there's a lot of just like, whether it's like a working class, lower middle class people who are, are sort of like, or just in general, like the growing trend of like downwardly mobile young people. Like, you know, I would definitely say we're all downwardly mobile young people, you know, and like, that's a very relatable feeling of like, yeah, life is not getting better for us. And that, that was sort of one of the things we wanted to try to. And, and then also just how other, how, our society projects things onto these people at the top of the movie. I think Hannah isn't exactly lost. I think she's just being, you know, like this feeling is being forced, thrusted upon her by the presence of an older brother who's pushing his values and how he sees the world onto her. So it's not exactly that she's, I I, I think she becomes lost when she's introduced and kind of forced to make choices that she doesn't, really even feel or want to make like that's like the a lot of the struggle of the movie is that you know like trying to figure out how she's going to balance um losing her health care the sentiment of family is really you know omnipresent throughout throughout the film and really like you know uh like you had mentioned jordan that relationship with the brother is very interesting and actually i have two brothers and so i i definitely related uh are they are they are they good to you there was a converse. I think it was the, the second conversation that Hannah has with her brother, where he you're following up on the um, on the interviews. I have had that conversation with my older right. brother. I have had that exact com- So have you followed up? So have you? What wh- what they say? Oh well, I'll I'll make I'll make a call. And that that is a very like annoying. You know they mean well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, 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 I think it's like that, that intention is coming from a good place, but the effects of it, you know, and the, you know, like the not, not having the self-awareness to sort of reflect on how it's, how it would feel to be in the other person's shoes is, is definitely something we were trying to comment on. Hannah, for you, tell me a little bit about that kind of inspiration that you took as some, you know, family was such kind of a big part of this story. Do you come from a, you know, a big family or do you have siblings? Where, where did you draw inspiration um, from that aspect of the character? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have two sisters and I think it's a very like, it's it's almost like the, the, a sibling dynamic at its worst. I think this this moment in Paul and Hannah's relationship is is not a good one in the arc of, of siblingdom. But I think what, you guys touched on earlier, like 
everyone's intentions are good. They have realistic issues. So the things that they're struggling with are the things that real families and real people struggle with. And that transition from healthcare, right? If you think about it, you're, you're moving usually from your parents' healthcare um, oftentimes. And so it is a part of like, those are for me, oftentimes like the most difficult family conversations you have about that kind of, I don't know, boring life minutia stuff. Um, so it wasn't, it's, I think it's overall very relatable, even though it's not like specifically, I don't think, you know, my relationship with my family is very different than the relationships portrayed in the movie. I'm very curious about that transition from you did a short, a Hannah Haha short to now then uh, making it into a full length feature. What was that process in terms of raising the money or getting it made? I don't want to pretend that the shorts like had like a real run of things like Josh and I kind of just get together and make these things and we try to keep them really cheap. And then, you know, like the financing has not been, you know, ideal in that like it is out of my checking account and we, we sort of, you know, like write it very much to be within our means. So these are not like, you probably saw this as, as you saw in the film, like it's, not like it's spectacle, but I still think there's a lot of beauty in it. I, I hope that that is true for anyone that's going to watch this off of this podcast, that they, they sort of, you know, like, you know, like can see the beauty in, in something made in this way. I think we just kind of wanted to make things like, you know, think of things the same way we, as we thought of when we made the short, which is like, here are some like extremely real constraints that we have. You know, like we have some real limitations and we have to work within them. And it's like a total cliche to say this, but like, you know, in a way it can be very like liberating. It can actually be very good for creativity. And I mean, I think there's probably a reason why we were able to have such a insanely fast turnaround from finishing a short to immediately writing out a script, shooting it, and then having everything done like so fast, just because like, there wasn't, you know, when a lot of decisions are made for you, you really have to focus on the decisions you can affect and the places you can make choices and uh you just have to move quickly and uh so yeah and we we were definitely like modeling or at least in my mind i i I was more modeling the way in which sort of smaller films that have been affected you know for for both of us as inspiration we were we were definitely looking at the movies like movies like kelly reichardt's old joy and andrew bujowski's uh earlier films well, Hannah Haha has been received really well, premiered at the 2022 Slamdance Film Festival. It won the Best Performance Award and the Grand Jury Prize during the festival. So people are clearly enjoying it. What do you want the audience to get out of Hannah Haha? I think it's just that uh, people see a lot of themselves in the story and their own kind of like parallels with it is definitely something that we wanted is just for people to also just recognize that someone who's living the life that Hannah and our movie is living is living a valid life and that it is a life that you know like is productive and should be allowed to live without as many complications as there are I do think we get a lot of like don't we, I, I like a lot of like I'm totally the Hannah and sometimes people will be like oh man like watching and I was like you know, I'm the Paul in my relationship with my sibling. And I think that's really interesting too. And I, I feel like, you know, we were just talking about how um, 
I do think it's important that the characters are realistic and sympathetic, even when we don't like what they're doing, because I, I think the movie at the end of the day does have a perspective and it is Hannah's perspective. And like Jordan was saying, I do think it's really important that, um, you know, and not to like call out the Pauls of the world, but I do think it is meant for the Pauls of the world in a way to sort of ask the question of like, or to admit, you know, Hannah's living like a really good life where she's taking care of people. She's a part of her community and she is a hard worker. Like she is working hard every day. But for some reason in our economy, it's an untenable existence. And her brother's not totally wrong about that either. But, uh, I, I, you know, I think it'd be nice for people to think about, like, why is that the case? I yeah. also I also think a lot about, you know, th this isn't. I would say this is explored, but it's not really the main takeaway, but it's still pretty important is that like people that work these sort of late night jobs are also kind of living very difficult lives that I don't think are often thought about, you know, like with the immediacy with which we expect these kinds of people to, you know, provide us with nourishment and it's not even good nourishment. Um, and I, I do think there should be laws and rules and implementations of having much better quality food and much better conversation for these workers uh we're pro regulation yeah, yeah. super yeah. pro um super pro <laughs> yeah. what i admire about the character is the like genuine connection and ability to enjoy small moments small relationships like you see her interact with a bunch of smaller characters that are just people in her life. And even the way she interacts with her uncle is very, I think, unique. So I think it's a nice like reminder about genuine connections. Hannah, I'm curious, like, was this a challenging role for you considering that it was pretty nuanced? The conversations were nuanced. Emotionally, it was kind of nuanced. Um, it's not like Hannah was angry, you know, got, got very angry. It's not like she was bawling all the time. Was it a challenging role because so much of it was very nuanced? No, they kept it right within my very small range, um, which I, which I appreciated <laughs> um, going into it like a blank canvas mentality and just not trying to get in my own head about decisions and just kind of letting things play out with, with Josh and Jordan's guidance was was the right way to do it because anytime that we were filming and I did sort of try or to go for something or, or, you know, make, make a move, I don't know, <laughs> take a beat. I don't know what, I don't even know what the term is. It wouldn't work distracting myself so that it just like kind of happened naturally. It was, was the way to go. And, you know, yeah, clear head, no idea what was going on the whole time type thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask about, I didn't see any phones. I didn't see any cell phones. So was this an intentional decision, guys? We're anti-phone. We're anti I'm, I'm pro-phone. I, I know I it was like not, I know it was not, not super clear, but that there were three instances of, of phones. I think, right. I think there's there was no text. There was no text messaging. There's like, it's all in wides. And it's like, Hannah, I mean, you're, you're right in that, like, we didn't see information delivered but I, but I think, via I think also, texting or something like that. also more broadly, I do think that, like, people in the movie... Josh, I'm pro-phone. I, I understand, so don't worry, I'm not opposing that. <laughs> uh, I think, like, 
Like people aren't <laughs> texting as much as or on their phones as much as they are in real life, with one exception. I think there's a very pointed use of with roger uh, yeah every time yeah 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 with a uh, you know when he's eating dinner with his dad he's he's on his phone and so there's like one kind of very deliberate moment where a phone makes an appearance at the end but it's kind of a small moment but it is very deliberate that like it highlights just, like the disconnection and the disruption that it has there but otherwise it is true that phone like like hannah does not use her phone anywhere near as much as like most young people use their phones but uh, that's because we're anti-phone and think phones should be illegal if you're under 18 years old. And it was a big error in the movie, and I will try to rectify it before yeah, it comes out in three days. You <laughs> <laughs> be superimposing a couple of phones. I've already yeah. done it. I've already yeah. been working on it. Yeah, it's been flagged by QC. Poorly made <laughs> Yeah, poorly made like, VFX comps there's from a bunch of 2D uh, DCU phones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and bad animated text yeah, coming up poly phones <laughs> oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I like that yeah it'll add a little something to it you you're saying you would like the movie more if it had this quality correct <laughs> yeah oh absolutely that was my right. biggest no where are the phones I mean <laughs> no I'm curious about, you said you're both from small towns and that that played a big part in kind of choosing a small town story. Do you feel like kind of a, a small town story draws the rich characters? And that was, was that part of kind of what made you say, like, let's write a script a, a, about a small town? A, a lot of it is just from it being where we're from. But I do think these are relatively universal character and dynamics like I, I i think maybe the side characters a little bit because they are very much just people that are already in the town uh and embedded in that it's a good question i think i think it's we like do a, have a kind of a draw to small towns i do feel like a lot of our writing has taken place in small town not all of it obviously but i do feel like there is something that that feels very natural and like very interesting about it both like across genres like i feel like a long time ago we wrote like almost like cult scripts in a town i feel like at one point we even wrote a sci-fi like part of a sci-fi script where part of it was in like a small town the dynamics of these characters though i don't think are yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know I, I guess it's more specific in hannah herself i yeah i guess the conflict of like him looking at her never having left the town is is unique to the the town dynamic but just in well terms that's of, definitely a town yeah for yeah, sure yeah, that's, but 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 that's but, true. but the actual problem she's facing is something that I could still see happening in a city setting. Tell me, uh, when does Hannah Haha come out in the theaters? When, where can people see this movie? February 10th to the 16th. It'll be playing its New York, LA run at AMC locations and Alamo Drafthouse. Lumley's from the 21st to the 22nd. Okay, so, so you got a nice little theater run. And then is going on demand or what, what's the plan after that? It's distributed through Fandor, which is a streaming service that has a really awesome collection of movies. Phenomenal. Okay. So everybody needs to go to the theater and see Hannah Haha. It's a great indie film. Hanley Thompson, great performance. Josh Bukowski, Jordan Tatuski, phenomenal writing and directing. I want to congratulate all three of you. Getting a film made and uh, doing it on your own like this is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations on the film, and I hope everybody goes to see it. Thanks so much, man. Thank Thanks you. for having us. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of No Script, No Problem here on Believe. 
I want to thank my guests, Hannah Lee Thompson, Jordan Tatuski, and Josh Pekofsky. A little bit about Hannah Haha and where you can catch it in New York City, AMC Empire 25 and Alamo Lower Manhattan, AMC Americana at the brand and Alamo Downtown LA. Make sure you catch that. Thanks everybody for listening. Please remember, subscribe, download, and rate the show with five stars. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, TuneIn, and Amazon Music. You can also find it at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. I think it's on iTunes as well. You can follow me on Twitter and post.news at Steve Berkowitz and on Instagram at Steve M. Berkowitz. I think I'm on Mastodon too, although I still haven't figured out exactly what Mastodon is. You can also email any questions if you have any. No script, no problem podcast at gmo.com. That's the best place to send any questions you got. If you're interested in advertising on the show, and I could definitely use some ads, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Steve Berkowitz for No Script, No Problem. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.